0: MIDI clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: Hey, Rockheads. This is Music to Code by Track 12. Check this out. Oh, yeah. Just what you need to get in the zone when you write code. And get this we just added a site license. Download it once, share it with everybody in your office. Check it out at musictocodeby.net.
2: At Rocks, episode 1312, with guests David Fowler and Damian Edwards. Recorded Wednesday, June 8th, 2016.
1: Hey, guess what? It's .NET rocks. We're in Oslo, and I can almost talk. Almost talk, but I can see. I see why you have your medicine with you. I have uh, my medicine. It's the. It has the mark of the maker on it.
3: Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and that mark of the maker will soothe your voice. Yes,
1: it does. I think I'll take a little sip right, right now. There you go. Ah, now my voice is much better. It's even better. Yeah, it is. That's amazing. Drink more. We are in the fishbowl. This is the first of our shows recorded from NDC 2016. Yep. And we're
3: coming out in sequence to this show. It gets weird after this. Sorry. It's about weird that. after this, but
1: yeah. uh Damien's here, David's here. We're gonna have a good time with them. But first, it's better know framework. Awesome. <laughs>
3: And the boys are bobbing their heads to the music they cannot hear. It's really good. should take a picture of this. It's good. All right, buddy, what do you got?
1: All right. Well, uh, my friend and fellow AppVNext developer, Robert Freiberg, sent, oh, yeah. in, sent in this one. This is uh, an in-memory database for .NET. And, of course, you can go to 1312.pwop.me or just origodb.com. That's O-R-I-G-O-D-B.com. It's an in-memory database for .NET. So this is what they say. In-memory technology is not just the latest buzz. It's spreading fast and is predicted to be highly disruptive. The first version of Oracle ran on a PDP-11 with 128K of RAM. The amount of available RAM is constantly increasing, with commodity servers approaching the one terabyte mark, enough to hold 99%... Of all OLTP databases in memory, the traditional RDBMS architecture and the relational model, along with it, are now obsolete. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe not, but but uh, Robert seems to get a lot of use out of it, and he uses it in in, uh, because you
3: know SQL Server. If you give it a terabyte of RAM, it's all in RAM. It ends up caching everything anyway, right? Like, but I'm with you. Yeah. It's a little lighter weight, it's you know, there's not as much ceremony, like there's some emerits to trying to go to closer up stores for your apps. But that's right. the whole NoSQL thing. And
1: there's a few features they highlight on their website. Bring your own data model. So OrigoDB data models, commands, and queries are written in C sharp with runtime access to the entire mono.net class library. Mm. Create your own domain specific model or go with a generic one. That's interesting. Uh, Not just .NET, the DB server REST API uses the widely supported JSON format, allowing access from virtually any platform. Use the native .NET client for optimal performance and the full set of features. Both interfaces support ad hoc queries using the powerful link syntax. So you can sort of see how, you know, that could be attractive. That has an
2: appeal. And I see Damien
1: and David kind of going,
2: huh. I had that idea. I swear. Like, you
3: did? You think you'd write ago. some code. Two I don't know what ago. you do with your time. Uh, Everyone <laughs> told me that it was about to <laughs>
1: Just do this. And Thanks. this guy's got it before oh, me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Story
3: of my life, actually. All right. so you know, it, There's power to actually writing the code. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I got, Richard. Who's talking to us? Grabbed a comment off of show 1216, the one we did with one Damian Edwards, where we talked about uh, ASP.NET VNext, or it was still called that. Right. And uh, where that was going, it was November of 2015, just not that long ago, really. Mm-hmm. And Stuart Robertson said this, the steps that Microsoft are taking to go cross-platform and open source are remarkable. I find it really cool that I can now, for example, set up an ASP.NET project on my Windows laptop and then open, work on, build, and run the same project on my Linux workstation without doing anything more complex than running a DNU restore command to fetch the package dependencies.
1: On my Linux workstation. On his
3: Linux workstation.
1: My Linux workstation. That's that one guy. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> so a bit of a sadist, but okay. Okay. Uh, what's more, with Visual Studio Code, my dev environment can be exactly mirrored across both platforms too. Mm-hmm. You know what? I like Visual Studio Code, but mm-hmm. it is not an exact mirror of Visual Studio. So mm-hmm. a little hyperbole there, Stuart, but I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, it, it, is is cool. it is cool. I like code for just getting in and editing a file. Right. Yeah. Like I don't want to open a solution. I just want to edit a file. Uh, I'm nowhere near fashionable enough to own a Mac. Yeah, and you just don't want to waste that much money. Either you run (laughs) Linux. I mean, we know who you are, Stuart. (laughs) I love
1: this commentary. It's awesome.
3: (laughs) But I trust that if I were, it would just build and run there just the same. Yeah. It truly is a brave new world. Hmm. Yes, it is. And a couple of the guys responsible for that brave new world are sitting across from us. Right. So, Stuart, thank you so much for your comment. A .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com via any of our social media we publish every show to google plus and facebook and if you comment there we read it on the show we'll send you a mug
1: and definitely follow us on twitter i'm at carl franklin he's at rich campbell Send us a tweet we cash them in memory nice all right let me uh, officially introduce damien and david uh, first damien edwards he's aussie at asp guy on twitter and microsoft usa though not speaking for microsoft all the time anyway Lover of craft beer, espresso, fine watches, the Seahawks, and cricket. That sounds like me. But what's your real title, though?
4: Oh, you're going to make me say my real title. Come on. What's your title? Principal Program Manager Manager. Oh, that's awesome.
1: (laughs) I just wanted to hear you say it. Say manager again. (laughs) Manager, manager, manager. manager. From the Department of Redundancy Department. Uh, David Fowler is a software developer at Microsoft on the ASP.NET team, also the creator of SignalR. Dude, fist pump for that. Boom. You're awesome. <laughs> and uh, ASPNet Core Architect. Welcome, guys. Hey, these do. guys
3: were both in on SignalR, as I recall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's right. You both were. Thank you for that. It's, it's awesome. And by the way, um, uh, you know, I got a HoloLens and Ooh. I've been working on the HoloLens. Yeah, actually, there's one right there. No! It's, it's in the box. Absolutely, it's, it's in the box. box. That's awesome. for Richard. Richard box. got one, I got one. Richard just got his about a half an hour ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, <that's amazing. laughs>
4: uh, it's still in the box. But anyway, so... You Wait, know, uh, is this
1: all real right now, or are totally. we all,
4: do we all have whole lenses on?
1: I don't... <laughs> <laughs> oh. That would be a <laughs> <laughs> For those who didn't see, David just did the pinch gesture. Isn't that, isn't um, that the
3: old kids in the hall, I'm crushing your head I'm gesture? Crushing i crushing, you. <laughs> uh,
1: so the HoloLens, uh, you know, has a bit of a, it's kind of hard to get networking going with that. And there's a Toolkit, which will be another better No framework at another time, uh, that has a networking class. But um, I was hoping SignalR would work on it, but it requires .NET 3.5.
4: I think. Uh, there's a SignalR client, so there's SignalR for 2.0. Yes, well, yes. For, for, well, there's a PCL, and so yes. it should work. Uh, what you need is it for it to work in UWP. UWP yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think the SignalR 2.2.1 that we, never that we released. Haven't, haven't released yet that we have sitting there waiting until um, we can get time to
1: verify it. All right, you and me, we're UWP. Talk yeah. After <laughs> we we'll, we'll get this going, well, this is what's I fun think, about being a conference because I think SignalR is a great solution for Hololens for an okay yeah it's an interesting thought all right anyway, enough of that. Let's talk about what the heck are you guys doing over there at Microsoft on this ASP.NET and net framework. What did you do to us? <laughs> what did we do we you packed the house last session
4: i yeah, we yeah, just got full. off stage yeah right and um it was the probably the biggest crowd we've ever had. Awesome, that I've ever had at NDC. It was like World War Z. where you had the zombies like climbing climbing on top of each other, uh, <laughs> we're trying or to get or like that this. park a few blocks away. The sculpture, the sculpture, the sculpture park. park, just. Yeah. just stacked up. Yes. Yeah. So there up. were piles of Norwegians <laughs> in, your, <laughs> in your yeah, yeah. yeah. okay, yeah. and were wonderful. they carrying
1: torches or were they genuinely I, cool? No,
4: no, they were genuinely cool. Great. Um, no, it was good. Um, we've. I think the reality is that we're seeing some of the side effects. Um, of being more open mm-hmm. yeah. and I think a lot of the times I can you know, say honestly that there's been times like this internally at Microsoft before yeah. where we've had to make you know, course corrections or adjustments before right. the product is finalized um, and only a few times have they leaked into the public. Yeah. So the last big one I remember was Visual Studio 2010 where yeah. we did a beta and I think the RC had been announced and then they. It was paused, just too slow. And it was just yeah. too slow. Was a, I remember
3: someone making the call. Yep. And I was, I was doing content planning for the 2010 launch in yep. Vegas. And suddenly it's like, you need to bump out a month. Yep. And we're like, we got to do what? Yeah.
4: <laughs> and, and that was big inside Microsoft as well, obviously. Oh, that was, yeah, no, it was really a really big huge. impact. But you had a good band.
3: I had a very good band. <laughs> I had your band. That right. was awesome. <laughs> that was a heck of a show.
4: So so that that's the last big one I remember that was public. But now that we're all open source, yeah. um, you know, sometimes things change. Um, Sometimes for, and and they're for different reasons. Some things changed this time that were technical, some of them were, probably fair to say, somewhat political, and some of them were just business. Some of them, you know, we acquired a whole company that's famous for doing stuff in .NET. Like so we the, acquired Xamarin. So and the Red. real
1: question is, if you hadn't done this, yes. what would the fallout have been down the road? Now, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know. Um, but what was the... I mean, I'm like, let's reverse it then. Mm-hmm. What did you do, and what, what kind of things would that have prevented? So we built
4: DNX. Right, right, and DNX was in a lot of ways. I think it's fair to say very focused on our scenarios. It was focused on the scenarios that the web team cared about. Server, uh, you know, yeah. server scenarios. ASP.NET. Yep. Um, and
1: DNX is an acronym for one of these things.
4: It was an acronym dot for .Net, dot net something. execution environment, yeah. right? execution cross platform. We, <laughs> X doesn't mean anything, so I we chose see. X. Yep. I see. Um, and we said, oh, you can interpret what X means. It's cross-platform. Ah. It's, it's execution. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. I think we officially said execution. That's when you
3: know it's a real acronym. When it really doesn't actually match up to Man, the words exactly. and make any sense at all, <laughs> yeah. then you know you've nailed
4: it. And so you know, we basically built an alternate .NET app model
3: right. um,
4: that didn't come um, you know, from the quote unquote.NET .NET group. Oh, um, at that point, you know, the ASP.NET team was still in Azure. You were obviously, we work incredibly closely with the .NET team. Yeah. Um, but we built a thing that, we, that, that was suiting the requirements that we had been um, you know, that had been blessed and you know going cross-platform, we're gonna run right. Mac and Linux and da yada yada. To do that it has to kind of be to be a console app. So yeah, ASP.NET right. apps are now console apps, yeah. which yeah. they weren't previously. Um and that point, if you squint, it got confusing. Like in file new in RC1, you would go into Visual Studio and it would say ASP.net console application. That was the yeah. best. That was and the best. And people were kind of like, what the yeah.
1: heck? <laughs> <Wait a minute. laughs> So it, seem, it seemed a little fragmented. It seemed that. a little
4: fragmented, yeah. and like we'd fragmented
3: ourselves and that's not the first time you guys did that too you think about what happened to XAML with Civil Light and yes. Win Phone 8 it's like the fragmentation of XAML got really hairy for yeah. a while
4: I remember that one yeah and again if you were to look back at the reasons why that happened I'm, yeah. I'm sure we're not always proud of you know like a Crystal Ball Go, or we don't have a Crystal Ball so yeah, we can't yeah. see in the future you look
1: back in retrospect and you go well given our time again knowing what we know now maybe yeah. we've done something differently so basically you guys had to sync with the .NET team is that what happened yeah basically, basically? at that point we took a step back
4: We met. That, and it was late so it was was already after RC1 RC. had been scheduled to ship. Right. Yeah. Right. And so uh you yeah, totally honest, yeah. this happened in October. I think the decision was made in late October yeah. after the MVP summit. And we were shipping at the Connect event in yep. New York in yeah. early November. Yep. Yeah. And it was so it was like, well, we can't not ship RC1 because we had customers who are ready to run on sure. a go live supported version of ASPNet Core. Yeah. Right. So we don't want to let those customers down. But we had to make this pivot. And so we were left in this unfortunate situation where we had to put an RC out that was supported, and it still is. Uh, Well, no, RC2 is out now, so it's not. Um, (laughs) But while also simultaneously announcing that there were going to be some changes. Big changes. Some changes. And and let me
3: tell you, the betas of ASP.NET 5 weren't a cakewalk either, my friends. They were awesome.
1: They were were awesome. They were were betas. They were betas, yeah. They were yeah. betas. Yeah. So they were we did eight.
3: eight they, betas. Were yeah. they, they were alphas. They were alphas. So because we built people. humanitarian toolbox already, off going back to, to beta, starting yeah. a rose f- by four. any other name. <laughs> no. yeah. All I know is we're all still alive, but there are a few bodies behind us.
4: Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I've used other frameworks, beta to beta, where thing breaks. I and mean, you expect that. I right. mean, yes. But then
3: when it happens at an RC 2 you're like, that's
4: annoying. And I agree.
2: Totally there's enough. breaks and there's pivots. Yeah, yes. we pivoted. We pivoted three or four times. I think that's that's the fatigue people see. But I
1: think the thing we really need to remember here is that you did it for a good reason. And yeah now, and now the result of that is a unified.NET and, and platform. And let's be clear, we haven't even released one oh yet.
4: Yeah. So right. like all this has happened before we did one oh which is yep. much better than, than the alternative, which happens yeah. to a lot of other frameworks. Angular one and, and Angular, Angular 1. two are completely different. ASP1 ASP one and, and ASP one and one point 1. 1. So 1. So that, one that's actually interesting stuff. one point one and ASP net two. Yeah. asp net two was the largest ASP net release we have Huge. ever done. Right? Yeah. And well,
3: the .NET framework moved a lot in lot that as graph, well. too. And what did we yeah. do?
4: We didn't upgrade all the controls that were in ASP.NET nope. 1.1. We created new controls. Yes. So if you had a grid, it was a data grid first in 1.1, and you did data source dot equals blah, and data source, and then data bind on your control. And then we came and said, oh, two-way data binding in ASP.NET 2. Rewrite every single page. <laughs> grid <laughs> view. Because there were e- new controls. Grid what? view,
1: list view, but it was backward compatible, though. I mean, it was backwards compatible. Yeah. It was. Still it was works, yeah. But
4: so you that to. pivot happened internally to the .NET framework, but yeah. it still happened. Mm-hmm. And we did it with WinForms and WPF. Yep. Exactly That's the same thing, sure. it just that it happened inside the .NET framework. I had some customers
3: that persist those one one apps for a long yeah. time. Some for good reason. Yeah. Some
2: people don't seem to care that the old thing is still there. Because yeah. we'll say, netcore is a brand new thing. Don't port your stuff." Yeah, right. if you're, you know, have a big app, don't port it. Yeah. People will go, "But it's new and shiny." Five I, I is have, better than four. Yeah, five. I
4: have to
1: port right now. I
4: have to port. <laughs> and then like we renamed it from five like, to one because of that reason.
1: Yeah, and we so. went. We're not ready yet. Not it's for everything. Like putting but some a things. chocolate cake in front of a diabetic yeah. and saying, <laughs> "Don't eat that." Yeah. Okay, but yep. I want you to just sit there and. Look at it, yep. and, yep. and we're going to publish great. a recipe, and we're <laughs> going to show you how to make it and, and how to eat it right. But don't eat it, okay? <laughs> Just don't. I promise yeah. you don't want it yet. Yeah.
4: So yeah. I mean, it, it has happened before, and I think this time, as you, I think you, you remarked before the show, people are excited. Like this is a yeah. whole new era of .dot NET. Well, and yeah. people are rightfully have a lot of energy about it, and so you know, people get disappointed when things don't work out yeah. the way they wanted. The 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 it's an open era. It's an open era, right?
3: And, and I would rather people be happy. Yes. And then if they're not happy, I'd rather they be angry than indifferent. And that's actually... The fact that there's so much passion around it. Yes. The fact that Twitter got so mean for a while there. Twitter is good at that. Twitter is good at that. It can go real nasty. So the weird part
2: about Twitter is we now have random people on Twitter, Facebook, Slack, whatever else is there, Snapchat, you know, whatever. And trying to... Trying to convey the company's message to like to say like you know we're trying to do X and we're trying to unify our messages via the blog and right. people get desperate pieces of, of information from different people. Yeah. So his boss is trying to get us to kind of say you know uh, not one thing but but to to keep in line with the actual message of right. the company mm. and it's hard because people are honest on Twitter. Yes. People say stuff like oh you know we shouldn't have done that but and then people are going what do you mean and then they, they screenshot Twitter and say. David said X, so what's happening. And I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, I didn't mean to say that. Like, that but didn't come out right. If, so
3: If you watch the stand-ups, there's nothing you have said in Twitter you yeah. have not said in the standup. And not everyone watches the stand That's what he said, so, too. so like,
4: the stand-ups, we probably get we get a couple hundred, 300 live, usually right. watching, and then we get maybe five, 6,000 watch within they're that they're up. up forever. And they're up forever. They're up yeah. forever, yeah. And I think the most ones maybe got 10,000 views. Yeah, But we have to, I think we forget. Like, .NET has millions yeah. Of customers. Oh yeah. Millions. Millions. Yes. And those are we have to think of all of them. Yeah. When we when we do these things. And sometimes you know, those customers aren't on Twitter, they're not, on, they're not watching the stand-ups, mm-hmm. they're not even reading the blogs a lot of the time. Um, and so we have to make decisions based on all of those things and sometimes things change and right. we, we, went full, we ran downhill full speed that's for good. three years <laughs> yeah. and then we tripped in November, a little bit, that's probably fair to say. I want to say something now, a bit controversial but it's not don't. controversial, it's not controversial. <laughs> it's kind of controversial,
2: it's not, it's not. Open source is open source, right? Yeah. But we do own the product. So I've seen you comments, still ship a version of exactly. the product without a doubt. We have customers, you know, pay us money to for support and stuff. Yep, and it is open source, but we don't make decisions based on a few people on on GitHub. This, this we right. have to think of everything.
3: And right. I think that's the big issue with yeah. this open model is it help. It's very easy to emphasize the squeaky wheels. Yeah, squeaky mm-hmm. wheels are right there. They're even offering you code.
2: Yeah, so people are input, but they don't get to decide all the time. We d- we do take feedback. There's still a business here. To be yeah. fair,
4: I think. Um, as a slight rebuttal to that as yeah. well because I've heard this feedback is that that I think a lot of people appreciate that and understand that but perhaps don't see us publishing Same the outcome yeah. and the thought processes that mm. lead us to those decisions. Yeah. And so we've had criticisms of too many closed-door closed de- decisions. decisions. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I, we're guilty of that. And, you know. Yeah, but I don't think you actually close the
3: door. Well, no. now, I've, I have definitely watched some of the stand-up mm. where it's like, you two had a conversation at the water cooler today, didn't you? Because yes. Yes. you're just playing off each other yeah. going through something, yes, right? But that's normal... Work life. Yes. I mean, that's reality. We don't go into a meeting having none of us ever spoken to each other, right? I mean, exactly. Not, that's not reality, right?
1: I'd like to move on before we talk about Kestrel, though. The last time we talked to you, Damien, I think was at the MVP Summit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was November. I think so, yep, yep. And, and you were talking about um, Perf, yes, and how you were. You guys had a lab, and yep. you, and then we, we talked to Hunter about it too, yes. And so back then, you were saying, you know, there's this Java. Thing that and I can't remember what it was. Nettie, yeah, that is kicking our butts in yep. terms of performance, and we really got to get. It. So how did that turn out? Um, it's a work in progress. And so
4: back then, I think when I last spoke to you, we were just on the. I think we were at seven hundred thousand requests per second on our on our rig, and then within a couple of weeks of that, we hit one million, which yep. was a kind of our. That was what we were targeting mm-hmm. as our first uh, goal. Um, Nettie was doing two point three million or something ridiculous, oh, and okay. else so over there. Um, we have a new perf lab which is run by the actual perf team, not just a bunch of who has in the <laughs>
0: office? Not, <laughs> not just, uh, just uh, Damien, <laughs> not just me,
4: and you know who you are. Who right. has that's me? I'm the who- right. <laughs> um, So we actually have the real perf people um, work with big iron, as yeah, we call it, right? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, Forty-eight core servers with ridiculous, you know, dual ten great. gigabit Second power cards. hardware. Second power hardware, as we call it, right? No equivalent. And that we've just broken five million requests per second. Oh wow. my god, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> So that's Come pretty on. cool.
3: That is fast.
4: And that's our goal for RTM. So we're shipping RTM into this month. Our goal is to, to basically hit 5 million requests per second for the plain text benchmark on tech and power on their hardware by the end of this month. Uh, looks like we're going to hit that okay. Um, Netty on our hardware does 8 million. Oh. Okay, so that's fine. Oh. We, di- we didn't expect to hit Netty in version one. That's different. Never
1: mind. Yeah. So <laughs> we didn't,
4: as I said, work in progress. We're work not going to finish, right? I mean... Um, Nettie has been around for a while, and we knew we weren't going we, 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 we we to catch Nettie in 1.0. Mm. Um, they're uh, you know, a fantastic inspiration, and they're a, a fantastic framework. So we're very happy that we're going to hit that number for RTM, and yeah. we'll continue to work very hard. We've yeah. got a talk later today yeah. where we're going to go into the crazy things we have to do to make a server that fast in .NET, which is kind of cool. Don't use .NET. <laughs>
3: kind, of an un- kind of an unreasonable <laughs> thing, too. Right? I mean, I've definitely played the perf game long enough to know oh. when, when, we're, when all we're doing is competing for benchmarks goofy things start to happen It's mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. there's some really cool stuff he says great I cringe
2: why? <laughs> because you see pull requests that come in and you're like Oh my god! I can't read this code. What are we doing? What if this <laughs> guy dies? What, is, what, <laughs> what if this guy dies? And we have no
3: comments. And there's like,
2: we don't know what what this make, thing is. Make them put comments on it. Uh huh. That'll help. Make them do a
3: PowerPoint deck for every
1: comment. I, I like that whole "I'm
3: making developers do things" thing. That's a great idea. All right, we
1: have about seven minutes before the break, so let's give a, a just a quick uh, elevator pitch about what Kestrel is and, and sure. why it exists. So. As part of taking ASP.NET Core cross-platform, we
4: had to build a web server because ASP.NET traditionally is run on IIS, and IIS is part of Windows.
1: But what about the one that runs on OWEN?
4: So we never built a server that runs on OWEN. No, but
1: you built an ASP.NET that runs on Owen.
4: No, we built an ASP.NET that runs on Owen, but Owen isn't a server. Owen is right. a contract that allows any server, mm. but we never actually built a server, a production server oh, okay. for Owen. Other, other. Uh, so we 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 contributed to the Owen effort. We built Katana, um, that sort of played in that arena, mm-hmm. and we had frameworks like SignalR and Web API and Katana that would allow you to run things on top of an Owen compliant server. And okay. then we built an Owen host for System Web. I so, heard. you could run Owen on IS. HTTP Sys too. And HTTP Sys directly. Yeah. All right, right? Yeah. But that's all Windows. Okay. And so um, there was one called Kayak. Kayak, yeah. Which Lou wrote. Which no, that was. um oh, not it? Firefly. Oh, Firefly. There was one called Kayak, which someone else wrote. More insects, animals. And then Firefly <laughs> was what Lou wrote. Yep. And that was a cross platform.NET server, but it wasn't a particularly good one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was never intended to be you know, production radio or anything. It was an mm. experiment. So, then when we did ASP.NET Core and we decided to go cross platform. In beta 8, we decided we had to do a proper cross-platform production server. So thus Kestrel was born. We use LibUV, which is a native um, component that Node.js uses Mm -hmm. to do networking and file IO and asynchronous management and concurrency and stuff. So we use that so we get the nice concurrent and asynchronous IO on all platforms and then we basically P invoke into it from C Sharp. So Kestrel is written in C Sharp, but all the networking is managed by LibUV. Mm. And we call into libuv to say, please, yes, accept that socket, give it to me now, write bytes, read bytes, blah, blah, blah. It's actually a very small piece of code, but it does a lot of stuff. Libuv? Yeah. No, no, no our,
2: oh. our, our code. Cachel is very small. It parses HTTP, it does one thing, but it's very tight
3: code. Yep. This kind of
1: but it, but it's reliant on this other thing to do the sort of the front end, you know, the answering the door. The kind of thing.
4: It do the sockets yeah. and the bytes. The byte pump. Yeah. Yep. And it's on GitHub. It is yeah. all on
1: GitHub. Yeah. And it, it's part of the. It's part of ASP.NET, ASPNet. Core. ASPNet. ASP.NET Core. Yep. And so the, the goal is that it, you have this version of .NET that runs on everything, and it includes a web server.
4: It includes a web server, assuming that uh, you can run LibUV on that. Now, because Node has been ported to run almost everywhere, right. we get that benefit of yeah. that, well, they've made LibUV run on Raspberry Pis and on sure, even right. smaller Arduinos and God knows what else. And so if there's a build of LibUV, then it's just up to us to do right. the work to make it to .NET work there. So.
3: And I see David's contributions to Kestrel, but I don't see any from you.
4: Uh, I have contributed. Oh, there it is. Way down date, there. Value, yeah, date the header. Three value, date header value manager. Nice. Three I wrote And it's been completely rewritten a few times since then. Yeah. <laughs> but the basic architecture is the same. Okay. Because guess what? Writing out dates from .NET isn't fast when you're trying to do 5 million requests per second. Yeah, funny. And the HTTP spec requires that you print a date header when right. you reply. That is
2: accurate enough.
4: That is accurate enough to do things like cache invalidation. Right. And, but if you just try and format a date every microsecond you will get burned. (laughs) (laughs) How how do you know this? Oh, we found out. Let me tell you how I know this.
2: All the stories, the profilers, the profiles. um, Uh, Well,
3: but it's also, it's kind of luxurious to to tackle an HTTP pump from scratch again.
4: So building a trivial HTTP server is very easy. Easy. Very easy. Building a good HTTP server is one of the hardest things you can do. It's really interesting, isn't it? Really difficult to build a really good one. secure, fast. Stable. Oh, my gosh. Yep.
3: Yeah, you know this. It's like never write another SSL library ever again, right? Like it's one of those things. And we yes. haven't
4: done that, to be clear. Yeah, We don't want <laughs> any part no of custom that. Crypto. no custom crypto. No crypto. Custom, custom, no crypto, custom crypto, bad. crypto. No, 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 no,
3: no. <laughs> we let the experts do that. But yeah, actually getting it right is so much testing. There's so oh, many details. Oh my gosh!
4: And then it's it. it then there's the spec. And then there's, there's what actual browsers yes, do, with what, the what expected different clients be- do. There's
3: a difference between the spec behavior yes. and the expected behavior.
4: We've had many discussions about, should we just use this encoding? Or should we actually, well, apps generally expect, what does IE5 do? What are, All those types of yeah, things, right? No. It's fun. <laughs> it's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you they tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
3: Hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is. I oh, it must be that happy time again.
1: You got it. It's time to announce the performance of my last mid-show joke. It was 5 million laughs per second. Wow. Oh, wait. That was RC2. Yeah. We're going to recall that. So (laughs) reset the laughs to zero. They pivoted on that joke. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually time to give away a Telerik Devcraft collection to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But first... Yes, cross-platform mobile development has been democratized for .NET developers now that Xamarin and all of its tooling is free for Visual Studio developers. But hold on. Before you get started on your dream cross-plat app, you don't want to reinvent the wheel with UI components. Enter Telerik UI for Xamarin. All the UI polish you need for your Xamarin apps out of the box for iOS, Android, and Xamarin Forms. We're talking complex graphs, charts, gauges, and loads of other UI elements all ready for you to use from the comforts of C Sharp. Grab a free trial of UI for Xamarin or use all of Telerik DevCraft, the most complete .NET UI tool set for any app, web, desktop, or mobile. Get started today at Telerik.com slash Xamarin-UI or Telerik.com slash DevCraft.
3: All right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner is
1: Anders Lundberg.
3: Congratulations, Anders. Yeah. golf clap for you, sir. round of applause for you. You got some clappers. I got
1: the clappers yeah. here. Yeah. These Sounds clappers sweet. are transatlantic clappers. Yes. They get They're around. Done. That's yes. a good Skandahoovian name, Lundberg. Lundberg. Yeah, absolutely. And Anders just won the Telerik Devcraft Collection. That's a big pile of awesome from Telerik. And if you don't know what we're doing here, go to click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. In every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But you have to sign up to win. We also like to ask our guests, Damien, if you had $5,000 to spend on technology, what would you buy?
4: Well, I just bought a new house. So yep. I'm settling in there. So you got lots of money to
3: spend on lots of things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Houses are expensive. House poor. Yep. Um,
4: <laughs> but I started, I started dabbling with smart home stuff. Okay. So I got a Samsung SmartThings. Yeah. And I got a couple of door, you know, uh, entrance sensor things and a water mm-hmm. leak sensor and I got a Z-Wave door lock with a keypad mm-hmm. uh, which is a bit of fun and I'm going to put a garage door sensor on and stuff. It's okay, I'm am fi- having a bit of trouble. It's a three-story house, it's pretty big, so I'm having a bit of trouble with um, range and like yep. sensors will just kind of randomly drop out and then it'll work brilliantly one second and then it'll just be out of connect so I might have to get some repeaters. But I'm also really interested in the the uh ubiquity networks yep. gear. Um, I think my little Netgear consumer thing's not going to cut it in my new house. So they're releasing consumer stuff in summer
3: this year. that they've announced. And these are high-end uh-huh. Wi-Fi gear. Yeah. So yeah.
4: The, 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 they're a recent company. They're doing gangbusters mm-hmm. in commercial uh, Wi-Fi gear. But and now the setting up stuff. a
3: real mesh in your house is a bit overkill.
4: Well, they <laughs> do make it very, very simple.
3: I'm with you. But you know a pair of WRT-1900ACs?
4: No, I gave up on those. I have one sitting in a closet the big at one? home. Yeah. Yeah, big so one's got a lot of clout, I, it man. It does when it works. Mine just kept hanging. Oh, Take, take it back. You I got, did, a, bad, you got I, a bad one. Mm. I gave up. I, I lost patience. You got another bad one. Lost patience. Yeah. <laughs> and so wow. sitting in my cupboard, $200 worth of router. Yeah, yeah. Give it to um, a friend or so give I'll it to I'll an wait. enemy. I think yeah. I'll wait for the, uh, for the, the new uh, new stuff to come out from them. It's and in I'll, the drawer broken so dreams. I'd, yeah, <laughs> I, bought a pair of,
3: I bought a pair of them, set them up, and then realized I only needed one to cover my house, which is a big house. Yeah. But it, yeah, when you get a good one, they, you get a they good one, you, you, yeah. But the custom firmware thing, like, a, a I never did that. Ah, DDWRT was awesome, and they've never built the same for yeah, that big yeah, router, weird. which is a damn shame, because I would turn that thing up so that <laughs> I could I uh-huh. log onto my Wi-Fi from like four blocks away. Doesn't that like, violate
4: the FCC rules or But something? I'm a Canadian. <laughs> I don't
3: care about your <laughs> FCC. Uh,
4: FCC, what is this thing How
3: you close speak close are of? you
1: to
4: the border? <laughs>
3: yeah. Close enough that you could see my Wi-Fi. No. <laughs>
1: so back in the days of CB radio, which <laughs> was in the 80s and stuff, right? 70s and 80s. Uh, there was a a thing called a linear amplifier that you could put on your base station that just cranked up the power and it's totally (laughs) illegal. And my friend, uh, I won't name him, he, has, he still has this old tube linear amplifier, and its nickname is Grandpa. Grandpa. <laughs> Let's turn on Grandpa. When he, when he holds that thing down, like nobody for miles can hear anything <laughs> except be, to like him. Do like birds just drop out of the sky yeah. and stuff? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Burst into flames. It just completely d- goes over everything. Absolutely. <laughs> <Nice>. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Fowler,
3: $5,000, what would you spend it on? Hmm, Maybe an Alexa? Is that like a couple
2: hundred bucks? Yeah, that yeah, was like three hundred dollars, man. Maybe I get
3: one for every single room in the, the house. Closet. Yeah. It
2: doesn't do multi-room very well, apparently. Maybe Google Home and Alexa. Yeah, Ma-
4: mix it up. Ma- make them talk to each other. Do they there
2: interrupt? you go. Do hmm. they argue mm, with each I don't other? Know. Yeah. I bought a house too, so.
1: <laughs> you, know, you don't want to buy a Hololens? Because Richard's going to sell his, right? If I, I could so. shop online, maybe and <laughs> put my couch so.
2: like and put it right there. I'm really bullish about Hololens. Actually, I'm totally
3: yeah. with you. I really like the idea that at some point we will do a HoloLens .NET Rocks where we're all wearing HoloLens. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> doing the HoloPortation. Real, we'll, yeah. And we'll publish the video. And we'll publish the video too. of it. No, yeah. I think that'll there'll be big fun.
4: opportunities in HoloLens. I'm, if it's
3: not HoloLens, it'll be something else, but I think... The, the, I think the visor is the only thing I've seen that could actually supplant the smartphone. Yeah. Mm. Because I, when smartphones were brand new, you know, the 2006, 2007 time span, that was when you handed one to somebody and you just lost them. Like, they just yeah. went away. Yeah, like, all propriety went out the door. Like all of the social norms went out the door. I had this device and it has me. Mm-hmm. And Hololens does that. You get one on someone and they're like, oh, yeah, they're and like, then they're gone. Wow. Yeah. They're yeah. just gone, right? And it, you know, people say well, it's too dorky. It's like, look, the smartphone was too dorky too, mm. and you didn't care. Was,
4: Headsets yeah. were dorky. Cell phones right? were dorky. All those but things then, were dorky. Yeah. But then, cell
1: then again, you know, the applications for Hololens aren't social applications. You're not going to walk down the street wearing them. You're not. You're not gonna go. Maybe maybe you'll go to Hololens parties, but you're not gonna be wearing them around the office. People are not gonna be walking around in the days going. Whoa! I think there'll be a progression here, like like most
4: new tech. I think I'm very bullish about the applications for collaborative work and for remote work Mm -hmm. and for like a bunch of people standing around in education and engineering and design Mm -hmm. and those type of things. And then as the technology shrinks, and I think the big thing they did right. I'm just totally talking off the cuff. This is me. My opinions here. The thing they did right was the untethered part yeah. of it. That was the real differentiator. Yes, and when that tech shrinks, which it inevitably will, mm-hmm. and I can look at David wearing his glasses, and that is effectively a hololens. Right, right. You know, give it a generation or two. There like, is there's yeah. no way Google it Glass it end up like have this, and then they can it. So Google Glass had it, but it was it didn't have any of the spatial mapping, yeah. spatial it was, audio. It was, it actually, was just it a was, little yeah, lens. It, it was, it was, was. just.
3: It, and it was enough different that it hit the uncanny valley and it wasn't compelling enough that you didn't care. Right. Um, right. So that, yeah. and that's sort of the trap. So like I guess I've sort of acknowledged having ha- been a glass hole, like done all of those things <laughs> that, no, it's always dorky. It's just that you are so happy with it. You don't care what anybody right. thinks.
4: Right. And so... Wait till it gets into schools. Like, wait, I mean, at my, yes. my kids' elementary schools now, they have laptops and smart projectors, right. and, you know, all the great stuff. And then imagine, instead of sitting down watching a video... They'll say, "Okay, class, put on your visor." Yep,
1: we're yep. going to. Machi and then Machi everyone Picchu. will just be in a jungle, or they'll yeah. be
4: on some ancient ship, or exactly. so they'll be underwater, and then like that—that's how you'll teach. And let's you'll experience
1: Let's experience history. Let's, let's not connect with our it. sister city, right?
4: Yeah, and let's join to the class in Japan and talk Do to you, them. There was stuff. a
3: there was a Microsoft video way back when that was that sort of sister city thing or shared classroom thing, but it was like a glass wall. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and you couldn't. And and Hubble portation yeah, right. is actually better than that. It is because yeah. now it's there's no
4: wall. No. They're in the room yeah, with you. Room, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Room and you walk around you. and interact. Yeah. And then imagine you've got a glove and you've got tactile feedback, mm, or whatever, yep. or an implant. Like you can go. I am super bullish. I don't know what the timelines are. because yeah, No I one can predict that, predict that stuff. No. Nope. But I think they'll find a niche, and then I think it'll become more prevalent as the tech gets better. And we just need the apps. We and need I, the apps.
1: I found a way to prolong the battery life of <laughs> Hololens, and that's this. And I'm holding this little, huge, uh, you know, uh, battery. Charger for cell phones. This is the kind of thing that wow. can charge this things a brick and iPhone million. ten thousand.
4: I have a twenty five thousand one. Yeah, in my yeah. Bag. So
1: you got a t- <laughs> ten thousand, twenty five thousand milliamp hour. Yep. And you put that in your pocket and a USB cable up to the Hololens, awesome. and you can walk around all day. Really? Is that yeah. healthy in your pocket? Sure, it's
2: it's
3: just, just a battery. Heat. It's
4: just heat, right? Hey, you
3: put your cell phone in your bo- pocket. And it, and, you know, that's true. And then yeah, that's
1: that's
4: there's true. RF. That's just no, I'm, I'm
3: big on the cell phone in the pocket, Bluetooth headset on, so you're getting brain cancer, testicular cancer at the same time. That's awesome. No, that awesome. study
1: yeah. came out of Australia now. That joke doesn't yeah, land yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah,
3: no. <laughs> yes, that joke still lands just fine. But give, give it a week. It doesn't mean so it's actually I true. I love
1: how much nutritional value or lack thereof there's been in the show already, 40 <laughs> minutes in, 41 minutes in, and, and we've, we know what Kestrel is. Yes.
4: yes. Well, why don't we talk about the talk that we just did was talking about how ASP.NET is hosted.
1: Mm, right. And
4: uh, Kestrel is not, not the host. Kestrel is just the server. The app doesn't run on the server. The app includes a server so that it can accept requests. sockets yep, right. and requests and then run them through the pipeline. This yeah. is but very different than IIS. Right. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. The and the host, uh, IIS was both the host and the server. Yes. But they are separate things. And in, in .NET Core and ASP.NET Core, the host is very different to what it had been previously. Mm. And we just did an entire talk where we built... We've, we went through how .NET Core .net .NET.exe, mm-hmm. which is you know, native code that then finds a core CLR on your hard drive in a relative location to where the .NET XE was. It's not magic anymore. It's just like, oh, look next to me in the folder marked runtime. Right. Go in yeah. there and look for something that I can boot. Um, and then... It says, well, what about my framework? What about system.blah, right? So we have this microsoft.netcore.app, which is the name of the new... It's basically a a mini.net framework, framework, right? It's a mini.net framework, but you can do side-by-side, you can do versioned. And what we did is we built our own shared framework. So instead of Microsoft Netcore app, we built NDC, NDC framework. framework, spring preview, Wednesday build, <laughs> cool. CTP1. <one>. Cool. <laughs> right? Which turned out uh, was, was too long. For NuGet, <laughs> and <laughs> Nuget didn't like it, so we had to keep trimming like, <laughs> the <virtual> tokens <laughs> from it until it would let us use a semifinal. So we built our own framework that included Netcore, like yep. the uh, .NET Core, mm. and JSON.NET, and Autofac. An MVC, an MVC, right? A whole bunch of just random stuff. We asked the crowd, and we built a framework, and then we packaged it up, put it on disk in the right place, created a new get package that represented it, and then we create an app that used that framework, Mm. and Mm. and it ran. And then we publish the app, and the publish output didn't include the framework because it's assumed the framework will already be on the server. Right, right? Right. that's what a framework is. And so the app output was like two DLLs. Wow. And then the framework was there. So this is totally unsanctioned, but it was more about. Just demonstrating how the mechanics work right. of hosting, and these things are possible because of the, the way we design stuff. Just think so about Things
1: it? are more granular now. Yes. Oh yeah. And, and does that make it easier? I mean, it's obviously more powerful, but does that make it easier or more challenging for developers?
4: Um, so you don't have
1: to do. You don't have to worry
2: about any of the stuff that we we've do. been struggling for this. But so we broke it's not core into a bunch of packages, right? There's we have a fish repository on GitHub. There's no configuration. Logging, there's DI, Hosting, there's NBC, NBC. There's a bunch Chester. of imposters. Mm. I think we built a bunch of Lego blocks that are very layered and well mm. done. And we have a hard time trying to figure out how we
4: mush things together. What the instructions look like.
2: Yeah. What's the so, booklet look like? Yeah. yeah. So we have a, like a really nice framework, but I think we've struggled for the last like, few years trying to figure out, you know, we, you have a layered framework and some people want some things sometimes, but for the majority of cases, you kind of want the entire stack up front. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, So we're trying to figure out, you know, what we do in the long run for having all this on that, but not too much of it. Right. And we have a set of
4: primitives that we can use to express modules. We have NuGet packages. We have what we call meta packages, packages. which are packages that represent other packages. We have frameworks, which are represented by those TFMs that you see Mm. in In the project project. JSON file. And so we have these little primitives that we can pivot on. So, well, is this a TFM or is Mm. it a package? Is it a meta package? Is it implied or do you have to express it? And we constantly churn and battle on that to find the right balance. So
2: right now we're at, we, you have to say everything. Right. is isn't bad, but it's just, it's in your face.
3: It's actually very notish too, right? Yeah. I mean, the, what I like about that is very configuration is code. I know exactly what goes in. I mean, the yep. whole thing, and I come from the IT side of this as well, yep. right? Like IIS for most devs, magic. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yep. yeah. There will be yeah. a server yes. Yes. and things will happen. Well, right. right? Yeah. And for me as the ops guy, it's like, I've always described IIS as a Swiss army knife with all the blades out. Yes. Right? Yeah. And I have to That's go right. through this ritual with tools and things to turn off the stuff we're not using. Yeah. So the fact that you've gone completely the other way and said these are the only things that will exist makes my job, you know, on the infosec side way easier. easier. Makes makes it Tons easier to figure out what changed between this version and that version. Like, I know it's a lot of ceremony, mm. but it's very clear. It's really declarative, and that, that kind of makes me happy because we've been doing too much voodoo yeah. for and too
1: that's, long. That's what, why Node was so popular, wasn't it? Because it was just pure and simple, and then yes. the things you want to add, you add them as you need them. And packages. Yeah,
4: and the difference with Node, I think, was that Node didn't prescribe anything other than that core. Yep. Mm-hmm. Node.exe is 10 megabytes. You run it, and you get a socket. And an HTTP server mm-hmm. and a file I/O abstraction, console, and nothing else. And after that, mm. it's up to you. And then after that, and the JavaScript standard library, which has math.
3: Yeah, <laughs> then, but then you also now you start standing up templates of, oh, right. okay, well I'm going to want this and this and that. You know, you start. But they didn't these come from, from Node. Nope. They came from the Node community. And this is where you know, we also feared the framework just becoming a beast. Right. Right. And it, there were some times in the past where it was a beast. So I don't know how many pieces we need to be in. We just need. We know it needs to be more than one. Yes. But and I'm sure there's a number that's too large.
2: Right yeah. now, file new project, downloads 210 packages. packages. <sighs> Might be a little too that's much. That's a lot. Maybe too granular.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did you get any feedback from the Linux community that was actually helpful?
4: So, yes. But I think in somewhat typical Linux fashion, we didn't get the same feedback from the whole Linux community. When we, went, <laughs> when we talked to companies that used Linux or use Linux, we would often we would say, hey, we're thinking about doing it this way or this way. And one company would say, yeah, you should do it the first way. That sounds great, lovely. And then you go to the second company, they go, oh, you should do it the second way. That's how we do it. And so I think what we had to land on was a, a happy medium. And yeah. so, for example, we include uh, LibUV, in Kestrel, effectively, it's a package oh, yeah. dependency. It's in NuGet. We put LibUV, we build it, because LibUV doesn't have an official binary distribution. Mm-hmm. It's just source code. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other people package it up. And so we build it for Windows, for Mac, for various Linux distributions, distributions. and we put it in a NuGet package. Yeah. And then Kestrel depends on that, and then we distribute it that way. But, uh, so it works everywhere just by default. Whereas some uh, node, for example, actually statically links LibUV into the node actually, right. uh-huh. so It's right in there. But you're yeah. still
3: including it. I mean, it's yeah, very much it's the same approach. Still included. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Um, whereas sometimes people would rather they install LibUV as a system module on Linux and like you know, link it, whatever, file linking from one place to another, yep. and then someone calls load module. File yeah. name. And then the, the platform just figures it out. So for things like OpenSSL, which is what .NET Core uses for all of its crypto on Linux and Mac. Right. Um, that's actually a prereq. And if you actually look at the Mac install instructions, it says go and install OpenSSL via Homebrew, mm-hmm. then go and install .NET Core. And on Linux, the on Debian anyway, the app get package for .NET Core depends on the OpenSSL so app get package. Some people
1: like it one way, some people like it the right. other.
4: And so, you know, we, we include it, but if you don't want to do it that way, I think our Kestrel code... We'll try I think so load module first. first. So if you have it installed so. as a system module at libuv1so yep. so something something, yep. whatever, it'll load that. And if that doesn't work, it'll load it from its local copy. Right. Right. So we try and keep everyone happy.
1: When everyone's happy, pretty much. Oh, so far. Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't know. We were at are, are
3: they all equally annoyed? Yes. Because <laughs> you're never going to be exactly right for any one person,
1: We were really. at oscon
3: and we taught a
2: uh, workshop on ASP.NET Core, and there was one guy in the crowd who had Fedora? Yes, and he was like, "I can't get to work. I really, we don't support is that? Fedora." Oh, so okay, Fedora. That's next. <sighs> and then there's some guy who's like, oh, "I have Gen 2 or Mint." And then Mint. we don't we don't support Mint yet, I guess. And yeah. like,
4: so I mean, yeah. we started with the CentOS, the distros yeah. that are support on Azure. Right. Yeah, yeah. And we had one another guy wanted Oracle Linux. Yeah. Oracle so Linux. Oracle Linux because yeah. they you know, they run Oracle and they pay for Oracle Linux support. So we have Red Hat. We have Ubuntu, Ubuntu, we have CentOS, CentOS. and FreeBSD was done by the community. Um, mm. And then we're working on Alpine, Alpine. We're Fedora, wow. um, but Mint probably works now. Yeah, we have Ubuntu 16 doesn't work yet, we're working on it. Because yeah. Ubuntu 16 is different to Ubuntu 14. It's pretty crazy actually. It's crazy. The dependencies yes. are insane.
1: Yeah. So I just heard that um, Azure and, and Apache are now working together. Oh, like Apache okay. Runs oh, wow. in Azure. Did you hear about this?
3: Yeah, well, I knew there was, like, a partnership or, you know, something going on between Apache mm. and Azure. Mm. But mm. I, don't, I don't know necessarily an implementation. I would presume at some point it would run.
1: I just think it's great that all these, everybody's playing nice now. Some know? guy,
2: a Bug, saying, I want a module for Apache for ASP.NET Core. And we were like, what? Really? What? <laughs> yeah. And he was, like, arguing. He was like, you know what? I want the module. And we were like, Uh, use mod mod proxy. And he was like, no, I want a thing to boot the process, watch it for me, you know, manage it, kill it. And I was just like, wow. That doesn't exist?
4: I mean, there isn't a module out there
2: for Everything reverse proxies, no one launches the process.
4: There's no process launching module for Apache? Seriously? Nope. Wow. Wow.
3: Interesting. It's pretty rare, actually.
2: Why
4: okay.
3: would you do that? Yeah, that's it's a, yeah, you just... Well, you, they, you want, a, they don't
4: want to use in They want to use Apache. Yeah. They want
1: Apache as the, you know, answer the door, answer the socket, yeah. and put, hand it off to you, and right. there you go. Interesting. And I was like,
3: wow, that's never... I've never heard that before. Okay. It's just... In, i got to think on your side, like, life was pretty easy when it was just Windows. Right? Right. Oh, my like, gosh, it was so... This is an well, explosion of complexity. Well. <laughs> uh,
2: yes, it was. It was much easier. Comparatively. <laughs> it was much easier. But yeah.
4: Windows is no cakewalk either, right? I mean, right. Windows has this incredible feature, which is every program that ever ran on Windows ever will always forever run on Windows. Yes.
1: I, we, we talked, I don't know if you were even a co-host then, but I talked to Jeff Richter years ago, who is a contractor on the Windows code. I think and he's an employee now. He well. is. He yeah, works yeah. on Service Fabric. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he was a contractor. He says, man, you wouldn't believe that if running this app, then yep. do this <laughs> branches in Windows. That wow, there are man. so many that have to... Co- special code for special apps. Keep it working. I think we had to there. talk with
3: Dare Abasanjo about the same sort of thing, too. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. it's one of those things. But it is. But, I mean, you talk about what are their true sort of genetics of Microsoft. This insanity almost around backward compatibility. If you built it, it will keep running.
4: For it. It's the same .NET Framework. It's the same
3: Framework.
2: That's
4: what I was leading, right? Yeah. It's like, when you think about that, you go, yeah, it does. But then we also have to be able to force push updates yeah. mm-hmm. via Microsoft Update to mm-hmm. running apps yep. and have them keep working. And most of the time it works. I mean, it's fair to say, most of the time it works. Sometimes yep. we break stuff.
2: One day I woke up from sleeping and Jabber was down. And I was like, I didn't do it. I woke up. I was asleep. <laughs> and I was asleep. It was and there was n- nothing happened. And then Azure Update hit, and then boom. Back. And they were like, oops, mm. we forgot to blah blah blah. And I was like, oh my gosh, can you fix an <laughs>
4: application for me? So I mean that burden carries with it a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so when we wrote code that runs in the .NET framework, we had all these arcane rules that were perfectly reasonable given the what we just talked about, the fact that it because you know it had to always work and da, 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 da support multiple versions of Windows at a time. But we couldn't do things like if a new API appears in the net framework, system web couldn't just call it directly. Right. Because we have this thing called patch families, patch families. Mm-hmm. which means because you have to be able to patch System Web separately to other parts of the .NET framework. Of course. Otherwise, your, your patches would always be enormous. Huge. Yeah. Right. And so, G- gigabyte patch every. Time. Gigabyte patches every. So we time. had these rules. So we had these rules, and so like System Web would have to detect: Am I on Windows Seven or am I on Windows Ten? Am I on .NET Framework four six five with this patch? Or blah, 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 blah. right? And then like, late-bind call into other methods in the framework. It's like JavaScript, It's I like guess. JavaScript. Mm-hmm. Polyfill. you <laughs> like, oh, <like.net."> mm-hmm. window.jQuery? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jQuery, now. But if you ever tried to do that in .NET, it is
1: not as simple as it oh, is, no. is in JavaScript. No. No. Yeah, and
4: make it fast. And make it resilient to when changes happen. So that was challenging.
1: Yeah, no kidding. So um, what is the relationship to .NET Core to Azure? When I build an Azure, when I put an, a website up on Azure, I know it's running on some magic sauce that I don't really understand. (laughs) But, you know, it seems like um, the Azure team might be interested in using the, the, the core... So because it's running on disparate hardware and stuff, so I don't know if, what runs. Yeah, I mean,
4: so the Azure, I mean, Azure a big beast, right? And it's sure, like yeah. I mean, We went in the gallery yesterday, and you go like new, and then it's like, oh my god, yeah.
2: you right. want to oh. machine? <laughs> Do you want to machine learn today? <laughs>
4: yeah. I want to machine learn. <laughs> sure. But I'm
1: specifically talking about Azure websites. You mean yeah. Azure? Okay, so oh, yeah, Azure yeah.
4: websites run on IS. Um, and they have a sandboxing thing in there that allows them to run multiple apps on the same machine safely. And they, uh, ultimately, you're always running on, in IIS. NIS. And so with ASP.NET Core, we use the module that we have, the ASP.NET Core module. Right. And that boots the process that runs your app,.NET.exe. Or if you're running on full framework, it just runs your app.exe, because it's just a console app, right? So yep. it's nothing very magical there. Um, but it, So they, they really don't care. Like Azure just wants you to be able to run your app. And so they care enough that they've done work to ensure that .NET Core apps run, yep. right? And they have special deployment scripts and all sort of stuff for it. But for running their own infrastructure, um, I haven't really heard anything specific. I've heard some stuff. You might have heard they some stuff. They
2: want to port, well, they want to port to Core what? for well, reasons. Why because for the reasons, reasons, it's performance is better is performance. Yeah.
4: Which bits they want to port to Core?
2: They actually run their stuff on .NET full. Like the they, portal um, itself, not the portal, but or the, the things that run the, the actual websites, engine, yeah. the engine itself, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. what I would hope to see Yeah, because you've done so much work on... Uh, it would f-
4: be good. I mean, like, first-party partners are always nice, right? Yeah. Having internal Microsoft partners is... A oh, so you,
1: you haven't got that call from the goo yet?
4: No, <laughs> oh, well, it's always a part. We, yeah. we obviously try and support our Microsoft partners sure. and other teams as much as we possibly can, obviously. Like, right? being well, like, is, is interested, right? Being is super interested. They in, you know. care about using right. the Ethernet core. Well, and, right. and
3: for us on the outside, every time we see another team use your yes. stuff yeah. we know your stuff gets better, it's better right? yeah. dog
4: fooding and all that yeah. sort of stuff right?
3: WPF yeah. only became great yes. after studio 2010
4: yes right
3: mm-hmm. you yeah. guys non blurry mode was true yeah <laughs> but, <laughs> it, <laughs> it, but it was hard it I was mean, hard you was talk about hard. one of the reasons studio 10 you know yeah. going back talk to our time. earlier mention well so
2: I was there I was, I was living that thing yeah I remember there was an email thread saying I got a headache because the, the editor the text was, was blurry, blurry. wow and people turned it off and turn the old one on, and that was like a huge thing. Yeah. It was Exaster. like, the text isn't blurry enough, and it was like, oh my god, we have to go from scratch and rebuild this entire system, and that happened. Yeah. <laughs> and it was wow. like and then amazing. Scott Gu
4: did a blog post with a screenshot of the, the beta editor, and the, oh, the, the Orcus editor, the Orcus, Visual yeah. Studio 2008 editor, mm. with the latest Visual Studio 2010 editor side by side, and said, I challenge you to find the difference. Mm. After we fixed all the bugs. Right, mm. uh, that, that was a I always call time. it blurry mode equals false. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, oh... Put the flag. Yeah. <laughs> Masked six, years, six months of engineering work. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. I'm just thinking in terms of where IIS ends up in all of this.
4: IIS remains term. like the, the premier web server, server for Windows. Sure. Mm-hmm. right. And as you said before, it's the Swiss army knife of being able for to do. For better or worse. For better or worse. Um, can, that can do anything. And yeah, you know, yeah. ARR is used in Azure, uh, mm-hmm. Application Request Routing, which mm-hmm. is an IS module. Um, it, runs, it can run Java, it runs Ruby, it can run Node, it can run ASP.NET yeah. Core, it can mm-hmm. run ASP Classic, run PHP. We didn't bring up containers. No. We
2: didn't no talk like about containers at all. The reason people want the course about it is containers. Containers are the new hotness.
3: Yes. Sure. They're like, and oh I, my I god. I don't even know if it's rational at this point. It's not. It's just I'm like, totally so. With you. Eh, there
2: is a lot it's, of stuff Of course it is rational, but
3: it's like candy. But yeah, but containers feel like this solution to a problem, a group of problems you're having trouble with. Mm. But it's not going to be the solution you expect. But,
4: but it, what enables, what way,
3: it enables so many things that you didn't do did before. It is. It is.
4: I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm super bullish on containers as well. When you consider in the environments that I worked in in the past, where I had a, you know, I was a consultant, we'd set up a very complex project, you know, a couple of dozen people, and the you'd use, you know, dependencies. You'd have systems you had to install, SDKs, and yep. da, da 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 right? Mm. And then when you think about in a container model, where that all just gets encapsulated in an image. So the class of issues caused by
3: the dev environment being different from production environment, I think containers address it extremely well.
4: And VMs also addressed it, but they're just too slow. They're big. Sure.
3: Everybody was carrying around a Delasaurus. Exactly. And, so, and you know, and remember the Azure Power Pack to try and automate yeah, all that yeah. stuff, generating those things. Yeah, or you could hit yourself with a hammer because it wouldn't <laughs> take as long. It didn't hurt as much. Right. <laughs>
1: so, is there something special about ASP.NET Core other than that it's smaller and faster that it it's plays with well the, with containers? When it comes to containers,
4: um, no, not really. It's just it it's runs cross-platform. And, platform. You know, and yeah, Windows didn't have containers until like
3: last week. So, right. well, yeah. and, and, and that's still. You know TP5, right? Yep. I don't Still know preview, when we actually... Right? I'm, I'm going to presume in the Ignite time frame Probably we might a, see yeah. a, mm-hmm. a full version of Server 2016. But we've done these mm-hmm. shows. Yeah. And folks are projecting. Well, I think they've said uh,
4: Server I 2016 see. will be separate from Nano. So Server 2016 yes. will release and Nano will stay in
1: preview. But is
3: it, there's a difference between the Nano server, which would run in a Ultra. container, versus it is. the Windows host environment yeah. correct. for containers. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's huge. Yep. Yeah. So um, uh, what do we say? I mean, I usually I ask at this point, what's next for you? But I know exactly what's next for you. You're going back to work and getting ship into working RTM, on RTM. This. And then
4: we're going to work on SignalR again. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? Cool. SignalR? Yes.
1: What's not, what's not done about SignalR? It doesn't work on .dotnet Core. Oh, yeah.
2: So it, it works. Oh, yeah. That's the
3: big thing. that's gonna happen. When, when oh. .NET Core and ASP.NET Core f- 1 yep. settle down, there's a lot of code to start working oh, on. Okay. Okay. Oh, so yeah. So
4: we're going to do that, and we're going to look at bringing back a whole bunch of other features in MVC and other parts of ASP.NET that we just haven't had time to do. We don't right. have response yeah. caching yet, so we've got to go back and out of that middleware. And, here you've oh, been I mean, shuffling around on the
3: foundations. Yeah, yeah. You yep. get to build a new house when you get the foundation oh, yeah. settled. Absolutely, I think
2: one here is diagnostics in the cloud, we want want to talk about that one hard. We want to solve that problem. Make it easier
4: to run your app in Azure. uh, You deploy and 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 it's like, boom, what do
2: you
3: do? Where do you look? Yeah, well, hockey app, app insights, like that whole battle's pretty interesting, guys. Just mentioning, (laughs) got a couple of emails from some unhappy customers going, do you know what they just did to us? Yeah. So that I wasn't you guys. Plead ignorance. Fault. So I
4: have
2: no yeah. You don't know that, anything. What we bought this? some companies or something. Yeah. I hockey heard maybe? Maybe. Talking about
3: yeah, we'll do some more shows around hockey app. But, uh, I mean, the reality is, and I guess around the time we're putting this show out, pretty much, mm. they're turning off App Insights. You've got to use hockey app, and the feature sets don't match. Mm. It's not a clean Venn diagram. Oh, well. Not your space. Now, you guys aren't Azure guys. You're web guys. Different show. Well, Sorry. Didn't web. did bring it up.
1: <laughs> so part of it. So guys, thank you. This has been a great conversation, and congratulations. It's really awesome.
3: It's been a ton of fun, and a you. bit of pain. It's been crazy. That's
1: crazy
4: how fun. software should be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
3: Exactly. <laughs> ups and downs. Ups. More ups.
2: You can't. Easy. Ups. You
3: don't know why the ups are so good if they yeah. don't have a few downs here and there. All
1: right. Well, thanks again, and we'll see you next time on .Net Rocks.